ladies and gentlemen, is another game to Eve. Unfortunately, we don't have a Know Your Foe segment because I think the Syracuse Orange know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. But we're here with our Syracuse FSU game preview. And it all starts right here on your favorite daily Florida Seminoles podcast, Locked On Seminoles. Dave, let's ride. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and in the stream yard, actually in the motherland, Tallahassee, I have Mr. Davey Wise. David, ¿qué pasa, mi amigo? Uh, Drake, I'm excited to win tomorrow. Um, it's nice to know you have a game as locked up as you have this one, um, or you know, locked on, locked up. We're going to beat Syracuse. Let's talk about it. We will. Uh, and folks, thank you guys so much for being locked on Seminoles first listen each and every single day. I'm not going to say it's a guaranteed win it's just guaranteed. yet, and we'll we'll do a little bit more. But, you know, that's Dave's stick. You know, that's hyperbole Dave. You get Doomsday Dave, and then you get hyperbole Dave. You know what? Hyperbole Dave is here to play. So, Dave, Syracuse preview time. Let's talk right now first with Garrett Schrader potentially being out for this game. Tell us a little more about Carlos Del Rio Wilson, the University of Florida transfer that did come in this offseason. And basically, what should FSU expect from this QB, or maybe what not to expect, basically based from the stats from his past two starts? Ooh, Drake. Um, Garrett Schrader was a problem for Florida State. Um, last Heisman year, campaign. Schrader shredded us on the ground. Yeah, we began his Heisman campaign. We had a whole show laughing about that. It wasn't really funny, but I, I didn't want to have to play him. Um, the, the dude could run on you, and that's something Florida State has struggled with. We don't have to play him in this game. I, I can't imagine a scenario where he takes the field. You saw what happened when Miami tried to trot out TVD. It, it honestly, uh, Mario Cristobal probably should have been arrested for that. Uh, but I don't expect Garrett Trader to play in this game. Drake, um, to say that Carlos Del Rio wasn't good in Syracuse's latest loss to Pitt would be uh, a nice way to put it. He attempted 23 passes and completed eight. That, that, that's a guy who should probably be playing on the FCS level. Um, he hasn't been good throughout his college career. He poses exactly zero risk to run on you. Um, so that makes for an easy formula, Drake. Um, when the opposing team's quarterback isn't going to run on you and their best player left is going to be their running back, Sean Tucker, all you got to do is stack that box, baby. Yeah, and Sean Tucker is the one thing I kind of do want to focus on a little more for this show because Sean Tucker, to me, heading into the season, he probably was a the best back in the conference, yep. definitely a top five back in the country. This yep. season, he, he started off very hot, even though I will say uh, Syracuse did go up against weaker opponents like a UConn, a Wagner. Uh, I think Purdue was the big game actually he had. But to yep. me, you watch the NC State game, he definitely comes up a little lame. And the past few games, he's had yep. less touches overall. Dino, I think, is basically, I think he's trying to hide an injury that Sean Tucker actually right now is suffering from because a healthy Sean Tucker is a dangerous Sean Tucker. So, Dave, how does FSU actually kind of account for him? And what does Sean Tucker actually bring to that, to that Syracuse offense? 
Well, that's what's weird. Clearly, there's something going on behind the scenes um, because Sean Tucker last year did what he did in spite of a really, really bad team around him. Yeah, he's a, he's um, a sicko. He is. And throughout much of this year, at least to start the year, he was excellent on the ground. You go look at his last two games. Um, he last two games combined 26 attempts for 79 yards. Uh, that's like 2.4, 2.5 yards a carry. That's bad. And he's averaging 5.1 on the season, even with that included. So Sean Tucker's not himself. And if he was healthy, I still would not be worried about this game because we'd be able to focus on the run with Carlos Del Rio starting at quarterback for Syracuse. With Sean Tucker clearly banged up, um, that hasn't, I don't think, exactly been formally announced, but it's obvious from watching Syracuse play and just looking at the box scores. Um, With him injured, there isn't a lot left in the tank for that Syracuse team. Obviously, they had that magical start to the season that they did, um, including what I consider to be their only impressive win this year against NC State. Uh, Well, to be fair, to be fair, and I hate to be that guy, the NC State that did not have Devin Leary and started Jack Chambers for the entire game, I do have to push back on that a little bit. I I think the Purdue win is actually a little more impressive. Okay, that's what we're doing here. We're saying running against Purdue is really impressive. All right. So, I mean, you're talking about, again, you're talking about a defense that just made Miami, which I – I don't know how much better Syracuse's offense is than Miami missing Garrett Schrader with a limited Sean Tucker starting Carlos Del Rio at quarterback. I, I just, I don't think that offense, it, it has the potential of Sean Tucker's healthy to be a lot better than Miami because Miami's one of the worst offenses in the country, but you saw what you saw what it looked like when we start getting some guys healthy, baby in love. It's healthy. Jared versus healthy. Uh, I just, I don't expect a banged up Sean Tucker to be able to do much of anything which means you're going to have to throw the ball with Carlos Del Rio if you get behind in that game. Um, defensive backs looked a lot better against Miami. Um, I just It feels like two programs trending in such opposite directions within the season. So their only chance in this game is for Sean Tucker to have an Adrian Peterson moment and run for 300 yards. And just judging by, I think, the state of his health and what he's done the last couple of games, that's not in the cards. And you know what's actually a really bad sign, too, for this team overall? Even before Garrett Schrader got hurt, Sean Tucker, to, until the emergence of Aronde Gadsden, their number one receiver, who also, I think, actually left the game last week with an injury, Sean Tucker was the number one receiver. We have seen Alflor say, if one of your best receivers is your running back yeah. out of the backfield, that is not a sustainable recipe for success overall. So to me, looking at that, that's a huge question. And Aronda Gadsden, he's hurt. I think Demarcus Adams, former FSU, uh, I think was, I think it was the kid that was nicknamed Abusion Park, went to FAU for two seasons. Right. Now he's over actually at Syracuse. Overall, you see a Syracuse team that's very banged up. And I'm glad you pointed that out too, actually, before we get into that, because you said before the season started, looking at Syracuse, that they could definitely start off very well. But then you pointed to this recent slate of games being basically brutal for us. I'm sorry, brutal for them. They yeah. have a bye week, start off 6-0. They beat NC State, a very talented and physical defensive NC State. Then you yep. go to Clemson. Then you go to Notre Dame. And then you go to Pitt. While Pitt's not a very good team, that's a very, very physical, talented defense. And Pat Narduzzi is a defensive coordinator by trade. So quite honestly, this is a Syracuse team that is extremely banged up. And for once, it feels like we finally had luck on our side when it comes to injury luck. Right. And you're talking about a Syracuse team that otherwise is about middle of the pack in the country in terms of receiving. 
So they're, they're nothing special at receiver. Like you pointed out that you're, you're talking about a team that perhaps will have its running backs catching the most passes of anybody in this game. Um, and you're also talking about a team whose offensive line is not top 50 in the country uh, against a defensive line for Florida state that I think right now has all the confidence in the world. So these injuries, we haven't even gotten to the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for Syracuse. Um, but those, the limitations potentially of Sean Tucker and um, Garrett Schrader being out for that game, that's, that is exactly why you're looking at a team that's lost three in a row. And it clearly, I think clearly, I, I, I will consider this a guarantee is going to lose its fourth in a row. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know me, I'm not a big guarantee person, especially after the debacle that happened last year from the game that we shall not name. But this is definitely a team that it's limping right now to the end of the season. It's very good. They actually, if they didn't win those first six games and actually got bowl eligibility, they yep. probably would not be bowl eligible, probably would not get another win because of just how banged up they are. And that yep. could also mean because Dino Babers did enter the season on a very hot seat. Mm-hmm. You could have probably seen a change at the helm when it came to his job security. Yeah, that's. You may not want to call this a guarantee, Drake, but I, we'll get into more why this is a guarantee to me, and I want you to tell our listeners something else that's a guarantee. Well, it's going to go bigger balls than I do, Dave. But, folks, we're talking about what Dave's talking about right there is a Underdog Fantasy, actually, which is our title sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up, uh, spice up your college football season. To, on Saturday, I'm going with Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. He's sneaky, fast, sneaky, athletic, a real student yeah. of the game to go higher than 15 and a half rushing yards against Boston College. And also, I'm going with my boy Champagne Poppy, the other Drizzy Drake, Mr. Drake May, to go over 302 and a half passing yards because Dave just told me that he had 94 touchdowns accounted for in his last two years of high school football. And to me, that's utterly insane. But folks, Sign up with promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. That's one word. An underdog will de- double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Once again, deposit one hundred and get one hundred for the free. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. So now, Dave, we yeah. talked about the offense. Offense is missing Garrett Schrader. Sean Tucker probably banged up. Wide receivers, if a Ronda Gatson can't play or he's not 100%, this would be a long day against the FSU defense that has brought back everybody. So basically, different sides of the coin. Defensively, tell me about the Orange. How do we squeeze them down to be scoring and have our third straight game in a row with 40-plus points, even though it's a very good defense with a very good defensive coordinator? Well, Drake, I think you have to start this conversation with talking about who they're going to miss for this game in defensive back Garrett Williams. He is one of the better defensive backs in all of the ACC, and that is an absolutely massive loss for a team that's going to be facing a Florida State receiving core that is now top 10 in the country in in their PFF grades, and they weren't even needed against Miami yet. They scored the game-winning touchdown on the very first drive with Pokey Wilson. I love saying that, and I love that stat, whoever put that on Twitter. Um, not stat, but observation. Um, this is a defense that the last three games, unsurprisingly, has really, really receded. Um, you're talking about grades under 64 for each of the last three games, uh, which were each their worst grades of the season. So it, it's been as bad as it gets the last three games. The run defense is particularly what's absolutely collapsed for them. Um, grades under 55 each of the last three games. 
So you're talking about a Florida State team, which has all kinds of magnificent stats you can pull up on its running game, top five in the country, PFF grade, uh, top, top running team by both basic and advanced statistics. And a Trey Benson is leading the country in what was what was the stat I gave you earlier? Was it yards forced up after contact per run? Yeah, uh, so that's that's a bruiser uh, for a team that struggled against the running game. I don't know if we're going to get Trayshawn Warback. I don't even think we need him in this game. But if we do, that's just going to be insult to injury. Um, this is also a team that the last three games has just not tackled the same as it had previously. So it feels like the war of attrition uh, has kind of caught up to them. Like, the pass rush hasn't been there their last three games either um, against an offensive line that's, I think, gaining confidence. You saw what they did in, in that game against Miami. Um, and, you know, without Garrett Williams, I, I just I just don't see how you contain a Florida State offense that really is so multidimensional right now. It's gonna It should be a pick-your-poison kind of game. You could throw it 30 times or you could throw it 12 times again like you did on Miami and just run the ball constantly. Uh, Syracuse has struggled to stop both. No, I completely agree with that. Actually, Dave, could you do actually do me a favor really quick? We'll like I go on a little bit of a tangent. Can you look up yep. to see how Syracuse actually does with against explosive plays? And I mainly want to highlight that because Gary Williams, you're right. Gary Williams is an all ACC corner. He is also going to be someone that definitely is be playing on Sundays. But you all see a defensive line who is very, very undersized. I mean, it's been mentioned a lot. I know Bud from Nolcast has discussed that, you know, ad nauseum, but it's also a defensive line that does not have a lot of depth. So when Dave is saying how a Trey Benson is going to be being able to run through them, you know, kind of do a war of attrition, that's basically what he's talking about. To me, my main concern, though, is the linebacking play. I think Michael Jones is probably a great player. He was someone that was for all AC Defensive Player of the Year honors. He was a nominee or candidate last season, also for the season coming in. But then you also have Tony White. Tony White is the defensive coordinator for Syracuse. Very creative scheme-wise. Gives you a ton of different looks. And quite frankly, that's someone that, I know Adam Fuller has been great this season. Stat continuity is a big thing too as well. But Tony White's someone that when his contract is up, I would love to actually see him actually come over here because that's someone that has a lot of experience coordinating and coaching very exotic defenses. Yeah, uh, Syracuse is better on a down-to-down basis than they are against explosiveness. Um, I, it, that's, I, I just think when you're lacking – when you're leaking confidence and sliding down the – the totem pole as far as they are right now it just feels like nothing's going right and we know what that feels like uh we we had that moment where florida state showed what they were going to do in response to that kind of adversity we beat up georgia tech pretty good and then obviously laid a historic beat down on miami um but florida state we went into that last game worried about how we'd be able to do on a down to down basis because Florida state on offense has been a far more successful team in terms of explosive plays than they are on a down to down basis. You've seen plenty of times where we've been in second and longs and even third and longs this year. Fortunately for us, because of the explosive explosive capabilities, we've been able to convert those. Um, That again with Syracuse, if you're going to give up big plays, um, against this team that's going to be able to do it both on the ground and through the air because we have been successful explosively both through the, on the ground and through the air. I, I just – I don't I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of punts in this game for Florida State. I, I think it's possible that they can bow up and, and force you to kick some field goals, but I just – I don't see us getting stopped. Uh, not, not a lot of three and outs. Um, 
it would take a really impressive effort from Syracuse that I don't know that they're capable of uh, health-wise to hold this team under 30. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing. The only, I think the only thing, basically, in my personal opinion, that Syracuse kind of has going for them, it is in Syracuse. You are playing us after a yeah. big game, a very emotional game. I mean, we're sparking up. You know, we're smoking the Miami pack in the locker room after the game. And to me, also, I think traveling might be an issue because, remember, the Hurricane Nicole, hopefully everyone is safe out there. You know, hopefully everyone is doing well. That definitely did, you know, alter travel plans just a little bit. But I do think this is a team that was Syracuse. They're super banged up, and this is basically is like they're right now to me. They're like FSU probably after the Louisville game, or so after the Boston yeah. College game. They're super banged up. You can tell the offensive line wasn't a hundred percent too. They're kind of you know limping to the finish line as I said earlier in the show. So to me, this is a Syracuse team that, quite frankly, you should be able to not not dominate them. Not not what we saw against Miami this past weekend, but I definitely see this basically the line right now currently at Ben line is minus seven. I can definitely see this being probably a 10 to 14 point kind of outcome here in this game. Uh, you are more, I'll, I'll, hyperbole aside, I told you Miami was going to be a blowout. Uh, not a lot of you people did. said that. I am, you were the only, I you're am the only more, one that said that. I'm going to say that right. You were the only one that said that. I, I am more inclined to think this is closer to Miami than it is to um, any of our first two games. I, really, like, I think you're, you're much more likely for this to be a Miami type game than a Louisville type game. So they, they just don't have a lot going for them. And it feels like everything is breaking Florida State's way right now. And it, it feels great to be in that position for once. And not only that, Dave, do you know what actually in the first six, it's the first six games for their wins, how many rushing yards they, or Syracuse was allowing? Uh, per game, under 100? Yeah. They were allowing all around 141 per game, which for a defense is pretty good. Yeah. You know what they've pretty allowed good. on average for the last three? 180 233 rushing yards so when something can get if you're trying to salt this game away and that's when we go again to basically this team has you know very very banged up when you see a strength of their defense is not one of a weakness of their defense you don't have gary williams who not only is a great cover corner but also is great with run fits when you're losing yeah. players like that and you have trey benson i think Trayshawn ward actually might see a little bit of play in this game but mm-hmm. even if he doesn't do that you have Lawrence Tofili. You have the emergence yeah. of Rodney Rodney Hill and C.J. Campbell. Quite frankly, you might hit on a few explosive plays with Johnny Wilson. Maybe hit one in the pokey too as well. Malik McClain had a few good catches last game. To me, this is a game where it'll be done quick. And this is something yeah. that basically, like I said, 10, 10 to 14 points scored to me. We'll talk about the predictions tomorrow on the walkthrough, but I definitely am excited to see this game. Yeah, I'm excited to see this game. And I'm excited for you to tell everybody listening about something else exciting. Well, something very exciting is our folks over at Simply Safe. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I S A F E. Folks, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today. And enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind, folks. That was a great little app. I can just put, you know, pull up the Simple Safe app, click on it, and it gives me a crystal clear HD. It's almost like Dave's new TV has as 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 new apartment. Was it QLED? The LED lighting? I get that OLED. right on my phone. Oh, sorry, OLED. He's bougie, folks. You get OLED, you know, quality, you know, feed right straight to your phone through the Simply Safe app. And basically, folks, Simply Safe. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. 
Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on Seminoles today. That is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. Sorry, folks. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Simplysafe.com slash locked on college because, folks, there's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Dave. We're yeah. towards the end of our time together. We've talked about the game. We're doing the walkthrough tomorrow where we do our predictions, X factors, MVPs. How do you feel overall heading into this game? And what does a win mean for the rest of the year and outlook for you, for this team, for this program? Well, it's crazy because 10 wins is still alive. Um, you you win out and win a bowl game, and you're talking about being a 10-win team, which I, I, do, I don't know that that'll affect this recruiting class all that much with how close we are in proximity to early signing day. So many of those things are already locked up, though you could, you know, get some late interest. Um, especially for kids that are on the fence. So there's recruiting implications of how you finish out this season. Um, there's implications for kids that have NFL decisions to make, how they finish out the year. Um, there's implications for what the transfer portal is going to look like, how you're showcasing your transfers. Obviously, we've had multiple guys. You could name so many. Tatum Bethune, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, Jamie Robinson, all guys who stood out against Miami who – you know, you're if, if you're able to showcase guys like that, the transfer portals become pivotal, and we've been really successful at it. So there, there's some real implications of how strong you finish and don't limp into the finish um, of the season. And obviously, you want to have as much confidence as you can and work on as much as you can going into that Florida game. Um, I'm not saying you're going to be using Syracuse as like prep. That's not what no, I'm saying. No, that's still a decent no, football team. Yeah, They are. Despite missing Garrett Trader, Sean Tucker, if he's injured, Garrett Williams, that, they're still a good football team. That that team has played sound defense, for example, uh, most of the year. So they're, they they still have, you know, potential, that team. But um, you're going to be you're going to be inspiring these kids confidence in Florida State. I think they're going into this game super confident and that can snowball. I mean, you can't quantify confidence. Uh, Trey talked about that, but that's a real thing. No, it is a real thing. But one thing I do want to ask you, and I completely agree with what you were saying, I mentioned earlier that there are some people that are concerned that kind of the emotional high from the Miami game could still yeah. be lingering over for this game. Do you have any concerns for that heading into this? Because Syracuse, we don't. it's not that it's a house of horrors, but like it does get funky in the Carrier Dome, if we're being completely honest here. It does. Yeah, it does. I I have more concern about, for whatever reason, playing in the Carrier Dome just seems to be weird, uh, or whatever it's called now, uh, than I do the kids suffering a letdown after that Miami game. If It felt like if they had played that Miami game for like another 30 minutes, like nothing would have changed. So I, I don't know. I don't, I think they got their celebrations out in that locker room. I would be really hard pressed to believe Norvell and co would allow that to carry on into practice and just do nothing about it and this is this is a team with as much confidence right now as i think you've ever seen them play in the last six or seven years no i agree with that i think that basically what we saw the letdown after notre dame i think kind of solidified like how the team overall kind of has the approach when it comes yeah. to emotional you know games i can't say emotional victories because we didn't beat notre dame last year but right. when you see a but we did beat UNC. That was an emotional game. And then we proceeded to get blown out in the last two or three games of that year. 
So to me, I do agree with you. I think that the team did get everything out of their system against Miami, basically because the game was over a half. So it's kind of yeah. like you got to sit there like, oh, we have 30 more minutes to do this. Why are we still, can we just do a running clock, which they probably should have, because they probably would have helped them with like overall, like the psyche wise. But to me, with Syracuse, it is a good team. It is a decent team. But if you beat this team, I think basically this was the one game I kind of circled to be worried about. Now, it makes me kind of shift my focus over to Florida, and we'll talk about that probably more a little bit next week. I will say, I think you'll learn a, a bit, a good bit about this team. Like, we're far enough into the season that I think you kind of know what you have. But I think you'll learn a lot about the maturity and culture of this locker room uh, with how they come with how they come out in this game and perform throughout. Like, like you said, if if this is a letdown game. That's that'll be really disappointing because I I do think this team should be past that. Um, I think Norvell has worked really hard to instill a, a very specific culture in this locker room of you know playing for each other and playing for a team and you know not slacking off, which was a problem, and not being undisciplined and coming into this game with as much confidence and success as you've had, uh, especially in these last couple games. It would just be really surprising to me to see them fall flat. And this is a game where I, like Miami, would be very disappointed to lose to a Syracuse team that has this many issues, not just with losing those games, but with injuries to their most significant players on both sides of the ball. Especially because they've gone through, they've gone through basically the murderer's row of their own schedule. Like we, yeah. we were pretty banged up actually, probably for Wake Forest, NC State, and then Clemson. The only difference is we had a bye week after those three games. Right. Syracuse had the bye week before and then had to play NC State, Clemson, Pitt, and then sorry, Notre Dame and us then Pitt. And then Wake. Yeah, they had to play yeah, they had to play us and then Wake. People were complaining yeah. about our schedule heading into the year. I didn't think it was great, but I think it was terrible. Syracuse is, is hard. They have a very difficult schedule overall. And also Georgia Tech, whoever this Georgia Tech schedule, I think probably is a Georgia fan because that was just extremely absurdly unfair. I mean, UCF, then Ole Miss, then Georgia. I'm going to pray for whoever's new head coach over there because that <laughs> just sucks. But, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today in the stream yard. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today, actually, for the show. Your number one source for all Florida State Seminole sports news each and every single day. David, please let the folks know, one, why you love them, two, what to do on the YouTube, and three, what to do in the podcast level. I love you for spending your time listening to an idiot like me and, and me. a lesser idiot like Drake. Um, <laughs> For the, for the podcast, find us anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, and all those other good places for the YouTube. Please give the video a like if you liked it, which you should, because all I talked about today was how bad we're going to beat Syracuse like we did Miami. Um, subscribe to the channel and ding the little bell at the top. It'll turn on your notifications. And please do leave some comments. Let me know why this game maybe not be as much of a cakewalk as I thought so that I can keep those receipts and when we win by 30, I will remind everybody that I was right. And for your favorite to have some holy it, that was Dave. This was Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody, and make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. Be cute. Be cute. I like that.